Welcome to another edition of Inside the Program, brought to you by InsideTexas.com. I'm your host, Justin Wells, and with me is the managing partner at Inside Texas, Eric Nalin. Uh, please like and please subscribe to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. Uh, it's growing rapidly, and we want you guys to, to to get on board. We've got a pretty good, we got we got a packed day today. It might be February, but it, it's it's still nice and warm at Inside Texas. We're talking about t- the, the conditioning. You know, right now in the offseason, that's what we're seeing with football. It's that it's that winter conditioning and, and things that they're going through as they're preparing for that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk more about some of the early enrollees. It's kind of ridiculous how many 2024 guys are in the football program right now. And we just had the second part of National Signing Day on Wednesday. We're going to talk more about SART being in what we like to call total control. Uh, when he, uh, a reassessment of the, of the recruiting staff and, and some repositioning. Uh, we think he's primed for what he's doing. And then we're going to you know, wrap it up with Inside Texas on the road. A bunch of guys, a bunch of the staff are on the road for recruiting. And for all you recruiting guys that like to catch up with that good stuff, we're going to kind of summarize that for you. We saw a lot of dudes this week, Eric. And so we need to, to talk about that as well. But let's jump right into it. You know, these guys are preparing for tough team conditioning. This is this is this is where the battles are won a lot of times in, in fall. It begins in the winter. It begins in January and February. Sark's involved, but he's not really. This is Tory Becton's time. This is his time to reshape these guys. And so uh this morning we posted a really good team post. Uh, um uh, inside the humidor, be, be sure inside the humidor. Be, be sure to check that out at InsideTexas.com. But Eric, kind of go a little bit into what we had talked about this morning. You know, preparing for that tough conditioning because, and a lot of it is the new enrollees. It's the new, um, uh, you know, portal guys. But also, it's guys that are on the on the on the roster that need to get in better shape for spring ball because if their numbers are about to be called, Eric. Yeah, right now it's, it's about to heat up this next week. I think they're, they're over the initiation period for the for the younger guys and really for getting the veterans back and, and sort of uh, more healthy than they were when to end the season. Uh, competition's about to ramp up. They held their uh, annual draft. I think it was uh, 10 teams. That's led by 10 captains. And they're about to compete for the next month. It's, uh, it's all competition, on-the-field competition and off-the-field competition. The on-field competition uh, is a, a lot of agility drills, various types of drills that you've all, a lot of you have done if you played high school football, mat drills, uh, you know, oh. those, those, those mat drills from hell. Uh, a lot of shuttle drills, uh, bag drills, those are tough too. Uh, navigating trash cans. It's all competition, and, and every station is going at all times. It's basically controlled chaos. Uh, the coaches are out there. They're, they're allowed to be out there because they're not doing anything that's, that's actual football. There's no footballs right. involved. So they're able to be out there. And when they're out there, you know the competition's going to be ramped up even further. They're on there and they're, they're coaching them hard, every bit as hard as they are when they're in, when they're in pads. Uh, at the same time, you've got the uh, on-field sort of competition. You've got the off-field competition, and that's all about doing everything the right way, being a, being an accountable teammate, uh, making your tutorials, making it to class, getting all your meals, getting all your lifts, and all those things. So they tally it all up, and there's going to be a winner in about a month before they go to spring break. Uh, but it's all you know. It's all designed to keep these guys moving, competing. Um, you know, uh, changing the hierarchy, who wants it the most, who's going to push the others, and also establishing leadership. And that's the big thing, establishing leadership. You know, there's a lot of new faces, but it's the same culture. You know, this is different than what we saw in year one. This this is Sark. And, the, and like you said, with those coaches out there, that's added incentive. Because if your position coaches out there you're and you're a new guy, you want to make that impression. And, and competing at the highest level is the best way to absolutely do that. Um, let's pay the bill real quick. 
If you're injured, call Andre the lawyer, our man in Inside Texas. He's a, a big-time guy. He's located in Dallas, Texas. Andre helps injured Longhorns with car wrecks, slip and falls, 18-wheeler accidents, on-the-job injuries, and wrongful deaths. He'll help anyone, but he is also a proud Inside Texas reader and member. If you're hearing this and you need help, please call Andre the lawyer. This guy will help you out, 214-444-8808. That's Andre the lawyer, 24444 8808. Eric, these 2024 guys, uh, we talked about it this week at, in, in one of our uh, shows on Inside Texas YouTube football channel. Be sure and like and subscribe. Um, we're getting we're climbing to 7,000 fast, my man. Um, 80% of these jokers are on campus. Like it was so, it was so uh, anticlimactic to the recruiting, you know, this this first Wednesday in February this week. And so, you know, but these guys came to work. And I remember last year reading some similar reports and hearing some similar things about some of these guys that were early enrollees that came to work. And we saw a lot of freshmen on the field in 2023 from Anthony Hill, Malik Muhammad, C.J. Baxter. I mean, there, there were a number of guys that, that got some run. Derek Williams. But uh, but now. What about some of these early enrollees? What are some of the names you're hearing? Or what are some of the guys that are really starting to, to, to separate themselves? Well, frankly, I'm surprised to hear them even compared to the class of 2023 because everybody was so high on them. I haven't heard about a ton of individuals outside of the guys that we've, we've gone over as, you know, athletically. What I'm hearing them is more of the, uh, collectively as a group, how prepared they are. They're not in there chirping. They're not in there talking trash. They're in there with their head down. They're assimilating into the culture. Um, you know, I'm not saying that they're pushing the pace, but they're falling right in line. They're there to right. compete. Uh, I think this all goes back to Stark's evaluation process. You know, they're looking for guys that are hungry, um, you know, guys that are uh, mentally mature, physically mature uh, and, and ready to compete. You know, there's not a lot of guys lagging behind and huffing and puffing. Uh, it's it's kind of surprising to hear that they're in the same breath as the 2023 guys. I wasn't I was I didn't think we'd hear about another group like that for quite a while. Uh, but it just goes to show that I think they've got something in their selection process that's probably going to lead to this every year. That's exactly what I think it is, Eric. I, I, I think Sark covets these self-motivated driven you know type of young men you know when you're 18 you and i are our second semester of our senior year we're we're living it up we're having a good time we can't what's second semester i, I did you see I, I, I didn't go to college <laughs> but some of these guys they're yeah. like you know what i, I don't know. need i don't need prom i need to get on the field in 2024 right. and that's what you got to love about this group and, and you're right sartin nails that and and, and that kind of ties into our, our next subject you know, Sark is in total control. We've seen a re a, a reorganization of, of the recruiting staff this week, and, and it was essentially, you know, spearheaded by by Billy Glasscock heading to Ole Miss, the, the previous general manager, so to speak, for Texas. Uh, he went to Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin stole him right under Sark's nose. I don't think that went over well in their group chat. But, you know, Billy did a great job in Austin. I think he should be commended. Now you've got Brandon Harrison, a whole other a bunch of guys. They did a lot of a, a, a reassessing. And they're going to add some more. He even talked about they're, they're, they're going to start adding some more of this staff. These guys determine if they're mentally prepared, if these are mental evaluations, if their culture fits. These are This is the first stop, the first checkpoint to make sure they check those boxes. When we saw Sark this week, what was your impressions of him besides being essentially in total control of this Texas football program in 2024? Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of different things that go into being a head coach. Um, you know, I think that there's, you know, obviously winning on Saturdays is huge. I think in some regards, he's the best coach in America. And that's going to sound crazy to some people. Well, you know, everybody will say it's Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart's the best head coach on Saturdays uh, in certain aspects of the culture. But I don't think anybody's better in the country right now as far as team building, uh, st steering the whole ship and navigating this crazy, chaotic climate. 
I just think he's the best in the country at it. And I think that press conference on Monday showed that he was he's just in total control of every facet of the program, of every detail. Um, you know, I think he is the true uh, arbiter of who is the who, who is the guy that he wants in his in his uh, program. I think that's why he's uh, been so, so hands on with so many recruits. I think a lot of times when he's recruiting a, a kid, I think he's trying to determine how much he wants him as much as he's actually recruiting him. You know, I think he's comparing him to the kid that he just talked to 20 minutes prior or he's going to talk to later that evening. I think that's where he's getting such a good read on these kids is because he's doing a lot of legwork himself. But I think he's the best coach in America as far as running a program during the offseason, for sure, instilling culture, uh, steering the ship. Nobody's getting in trouble. Everybody's going to class. Uh, you know, the, their class uh, grade point average, I think, was the highest in a very long time, maybe the highest ever. Yeah. Uh, so as far as just stoking buy-in, uh, running the culture, steering the ship, I'm not saying he's the best coach on Saturdays. I'm not saying he's assembled the best coaching staff in America. But I think in some regards, he is the best coach in America uh, and eventually that's going to show up uh, with him holding a trophy over his head. And don't forget, this guy got to work underneath two of the best. So he's got to learn from – from, and that's how you do it in coaching. You don't just jump into being a head coach. You right. go through the process. You, you get your skins on the wall. Pete Carroll taught him how to make everything a competition, make stack players at every position and make them compete against each other. The cream rises to the, to the top. Nick Saban was Mr. Organizational. If there was one guy in college football that was one voice, I remember a, a, we read an interview right after he was right after he re retired and someone had said they, they talked to him right before he took the Alabama job. And they said, they asked him, what's, what's the most, what's the most, what's going to be the hardest thing for you to do at Alabama? And he said, for everyone to understand, there's only one voice and that's mine. And I think Sark has taken what Saban's done. We, we've seen that with the assistant hires, with the analyst hires. But I, I think he's just taking plucking guys, you know, tidbits, data points from, from Pete Carroll and Nick Saban, and he's using it in his own. He, he's becoming his own guy. You're right, man. The dude is in total control. I'm eager to see how he fills out some more of the recruiting staff because I think that's something that goes a little uh, under the radar. And, and I think that can be right. valuable, very invaluable. You know what? Recruiting is is what we is what we do. Eric, team and recruiting is where Inside Texas has it the best. And we were on the road this week, man. We had guys all over the place. Um, we, we got to see some talented dudes. We got to see some highly rated guys. I'm just going to go through a couple of them real quick. I want you to fire off a few of the guys you saw. I'm going to start with on your side of the, on your side of the field. You went to Shadow Creek. You saw a ton of talent. But one in particular – I think needs to be mentioned. That's Kobe Sellers. Give it to me. Yeah, I mean they're they're loaded. They're always loaded down there. Uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, Coach Glapian for having me over. Um, yeah, I mean Kobe Sellers is you know he's a he's a lead corner. You know there's a lot of defensive backs in the state. I think they could play both positions, safety and corner. Uh, but you need those guys that are surefire corners. And Kobe strikes me as one of those. Him and Devin Sanchez are probably the two cleanest fit corners, uh, elite yeah. corners that, that we have in the state. Dorian Brew, I'm not not shying away from him. He's he could play anywhere. He's so damn big. I saw him on Monday too. Uh, but Kobe, I think it's uh, it's clearly it's Texas and OU out front. They're, they're leading the pace. They're on them the hardest. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I think that, you know, I think there was some noise about OU maybe having a lead. I don't get that. I don't get that sense. Uh, and talking to people at Shadow Creek, it, it could be OU one day, Texas the next. Uh, when I asked them who's recruiting them the hardest, Texas was actually the first school named. Uh, but one thing that we're picking up, Justin, you 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 saw this yesterday with uh, when you made the rounds on Thursday, is there's a lot of OU buzz around a lot of these guys. There's a lot of OU buzz, and 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 I'll and I'll mention a couple of the guys I saw yesterday. Uh, two of the top offensive tackles in the country: uh, Ty Haywood, six foot five, two hundred eighty pounds, out of Denton Ryan. 
uh, size 16 shoes, about to turn 17 years old, gigantic hands. I mean, that dude is the frame. You had mentioned it in, in one of our group chats a few months ago after watching some of this tape of, hey, we need to get this note to know this guy a lot better. And, and it was I had a good conversation with him. And man, the one thing I took away from it, Oklahoma looks really good. Yeah. Bill Biedenball is, is a selling machine right now. And, and and they've got some some early wins there. And let's, let's, yeah, we got to talk about what they you know what advantage would OU have? Obviously, they had the the, the most recent win over Texas. That was uh you know yeah. wins wins are in your favor. But what the number one thing they have going for them is playing time, right? It's playing time. Yeah, I don't even think the guys remembered the win uh, in the Red right. River. To be honest with you, I think I know Fasusi didn't. Michael Fasusi from Louisville. Um, no, it's playing time, and 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 Beanball has a good sell. He's a good coach, Eric. Yeah, he's you know, got a lot of guys going to the NFL here every year. Somebody's going in, and 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 it's funny because we, from our standpoint, we see a program at Texas that's building and developing through recruiting, mm-hmm. and we watch OU have to do it through the portal. They're having to, you know, use duct tape and 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 band aids to put that thing together, and they're still being productive about it, and so. There's no, there's no getting it twisted. Oklahoma has a really strong early vibe in this 2025 cycle. I put in an RPM last week for Jonah Williams, the five-star linebacker safety center fielder out of Galveston Ball. They've got some, got some momentum, in, and I'm glad you got to talk to Sellers because we had been hearing OU was kind of can, maybe separating a little bit there with Sellers as well, and it's kind of glad to know that that Texas is. Yeah, I feel I feel Texas is right there. He's probably going to make a decision in the summer, but something could happen a little sooner if he's if he's feeling it. Um, you know, A&M is, uh, is somebody else we always, we're always paying attention to what A&M is doing, especially yeah. you know, now that they have a new head coaching staff. I've had one recruit tell me that he likes A&M better now with the new staff. So, oh, man. I'm Jimbo. not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. Boy, Jimbo. It's it, it's a bad beat that they didn't bring Jimbo back for one more year. So, Elko, Elko I think, is hitting the ground running pretty well. You know, I was at uh, Belleville yesterday to see uh, DJ Sanders, the – uh, you, you know, I, you would you would call him sexy, but I don't, I'm not I'm not I don't go that route on these guys. But he is a big, uh, wide, uh, athletic looking son of a gun. He he was putting he was. in work in the weight room. He wasn't shying away from the work. Uh, I've been to some schools where the biggest guy, the biggest, baddest player in the in the in the school is also the laziest. That's not him. Uh, and you know, I think it's Texas versus A and M. There's some confidence on the A and M side. Uh, I talked to the head coach there. He said every every coach that came to the area went, came from Cy Fair to see Landon Rink uh, to Belleville, or from Belleville to go see Landon Rink. Uh, Landon Rink is also a guy that's paying attention to A and M. So this it's going to get a little hairy. Texas has got to kill defensive tackle recruiting. Uh, I, that's not to say that that Texas isn't going to uh, be in it. I think it's going to be UT or A and M for. Uh, for Sanders, but they've got to get one of him or Zion Williams. I think that, you know, you want to keep Landon Rink in, in the family. Uh, A&M is another one. We've got – there's three schools that really have my attention right now, so we've already touched on two of them. Who's the third one? Can you guess? LSU. LSU, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, LSU right now, nobody's hotter than LSU. I, I don't know what they're selling, but it's – people are buying. Like LSU, yeah. I, I think we have an idea. But but people are buying and look, you know, LSU is is not. I mean, they're looking at the number one quarterback, number one running back, number one wide receiver. And granted, I think DeCorey Moore is a soft commit. He is committed to the Tigers, but I think Oregon and Texas are coming at him. We know they're coming at him big time. We know Texas is going to try to get him back on campus this spring for the spring game. He's told us that recently. Um, yeah, LSU is a team you got to watch, especially with Zion Williams, because Bo Davis went over there and took yeah. all the defensive line evals from this last cycle. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was interesting that, uh, that Sanders hadn't heard from Bo uh, since he went to LSU. You know, Bo obviously offered Landon Rink, didn't offer uh, Sanders. Hey, well, you know, that's that's good for Texas. 
LSU came up for me on uh, Monday when I went to go see Dorian Brew at, at Conroe. Um, you know, it's, it, to me, it's Ohio State, Texas, and LSU in some group. LSU, I, I think I came away feeling LSU might be in the best position after that conversation. Uh, USC is is uh, is kind of uh, on the periphery as well. Can't discount them. Lincoln Riley did a really good job recruiting that school. I've heard I've heard Lincoln Riley. I've heard good things about Lincoln Riley in the last couple of weeks uh, as well as a as a recruiter. Uh, but I think Dorian's that, that one's going to be super interesting. He just went to LSU with his mother. Uh, his mother went to Ohio State in the Track Hall of Fame there, or was in the Hall right. of Fame for her track. We thought that was done uh, virtually. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a win that he's um, that that he's he didn't commit. I think he was going to commit on the twenty fourth originally. Now I think this thing's going to play out for a long time. I think it's you know I, I think he's going to go through the whole process at least through the summer. Um, you know, his mother just went to LSU. Obviously, that's his dad's alma mater. His dad had, had taken him prior, so he's, that's two trips there. Uh, he likes Texas. He mentioned that he mentioned that Loreal Sarkeesian really hit it off with his mother. They've got, but they both have extensive track backgrounds. Uh, he said they became fast friends. So Texas, I think, is going to have a bit of an in there. Uh, but it's going to take a while to play out. That is a big kid, man. That is a big kid. Texas is recruiting linebackers the same size as him. Uh, so I'm curious to see where where it uh, comes out. He's going to be 6'2", 215, running 10'5 in college. And that's if it's not corner, he could play nickel. If it's not nickel, it's safety. Um, so it's going to be heated. It's going to be heated contest for him. But yeah, it was a fun week of being on the road, get to know these kids a little bit better. You saw five star Dorian Brew. I also caught up with five star uh, Michael Fasusi. We, you know, big inside Texas, big fans of the Fasusi family. Great guys. Six five, about three oh five. You know, he he he's he's exactly what you look for in an offensive tackle at the high school level. Kyle Flood told the staff at Louisville as a freshman, that's what an NFL offensive tackle looks like when he's a freshman. Um, Fasusi's wonderful. Just came off trips to Texas A&M and Missouri. And I'll tell you this, he likes Mike Elko. He likes that new staff. He kind of likes what's going on in College Station. I didn't get the sense he loved it. I, I think he's open-minded, and, and that's what he's going to – he's approaching it that way. I'll tell you this, Missouri blew him away. He told me point blank that it was probably the best visit he's had. Wow, and, so that, and so Missouri's one of those that, that they've, they've got some momentum coming off a really good season last year. And they've got some some potential superstars that could get drafted in the next two years, especially in Luther Burden. And so th- it was a good sale there. But you know what? It's going to come down to Texas and Oklahoma for, for, for Fasusi. And. I think Oklahoma's, like we talked about just a few minutes ago, they, they have really, you know, put put their, their 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 heels down in this state, especially in this region in DFW. They look really good. I was talking to one of the guys at Sooner Scoop last night about the, the momentum that they have, and, and Fasusi confirmed that. At the same time, Texas just went by last week, Sark, Banks, and Kyle Flood, and they they invited Fasusi's father up there because anytime they talk to him, they want his dad there as well. I thought that was a big point. And I know Fasusi really respected that. They love the relationship they're building with his father. And I think that's going to be a key with any family like that from, 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 you know, from his descent. I think that's a big, big factor, making sure you you hit home with the family factor. Uh, But that's going to come down to Texas and Oklahoma, in my opinion. I I think that's going to, and I don't think it's going to be soon. Whereas a Ty Haywood, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised with a spring commitment with Fasusi. He's going to go through his official visits before he makes that call. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting cycle with the three uh, re- regional rivals. Uh, you know, AM's done a good job uh, as far as you know trying to catch up. I, I'm not sure how how well they'll pull it off, but they're at least getting their name in the in the ring for a lot of them. And then. OU's got some momentum. Texas is going to have to curb that. And then, yeah, LSU, it's trying to get the number one class in the country. So I'm, I'm here for it. You know, there's going to be some ups and downs. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to keep everybody off the roller coaster, but there's going to be some ups and downs in this in this cycle for sure. Yeah, and don't forget, A&M's got what I like to call that new coach, new car smell. 
after that transition class, the new coach, new car usually does pretty well in that yep. next cycle. And so Elko is, I, I think, doing a, it, it, he's he's added a good staff. He got some guys from Alabama. He got some real good ball coaches, I feel like. And so AM's going to be in the mix, man. It's going to be fun to cover. You got to come see us at InsideTexas.com. We're running a special right now, a dollar for a month. Listen. There's so much so, so much goodness happening with the team, with winter workouts, with recruiting, with how Sark is building this 2025 class. There's already a good foundation with five guys in the cycle. Come see us. Come see us at InsideTexas.com. Let us earn your business. It's an absolute blast over there day after day. Be sure and like and subscribe to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. We are climbing to 7,000 at a rapid rate. Some might say the fastest growing show in the history of YouTube. Some. It's that it's that good, Eric. You got to come see us. You got to subscribe. Thank you once again for, for for making us a part of your day and joining us on the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. This was Inside the Program with Eric Nolene and myself, Justin Wells. Until next time, we'll see you. We'll see you soon.